actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. When Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. You remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. And try that's in December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck? As the great William Shatner once said in a serial advert, Hey gang. Hi, it's me, Jennifer Wan, and this is What the Actual Fuck is Going On with This Whole Politics Business. The leadership contest from hell continues. If you want to catch up with one of the uh, recent debates, I did an episode on that uh, a little while ago. You can uh, scroll back and get that. Uh, But we've also got all the tea from the rest of everything. God. Honestly... I can't wait for September so this can be over and we can just focus on getting an election and getting these ridiculous, ridiculous people out of government forever. I've had enough, my besties, but uh, we are going to be talking about everything that's happened this week. So grab a drink, grab a snack, get comfy and let's get into it before we lose our minds. So the terrible twosome have been running around telling everyone what they're going to do when they are uh, prime minister. Um, I don't believe a word of it, by the way. Uh, So Rishi Sunak has said he's going to make down blousing illegal. So down blousing is basically the top half body part of upskirting. Like it's kind of the equivalent of that. So it's like taking pictures that are purposefully aimed to like, get shots of women's boobs from like down like the front of the tops I guess um I I don't believe he will push on that I think it's probably going to be one of those promises where it's like yeah well we'll get to it if we have time oh no I've run out of time as prime minister what a shame oh no I was really looking forward to doing that oh what a shame what a shame um I I don't believe he'll actually do it um I think he's probably just saying it in the hope of picking up some some votes from women in the party um Liz Truss has said she wants to crack down on cat calling um wolf whistling all that kind of stuff again I don't really believe she's gonna do it because I think I I just I just don't believe her I just don't. I think, you know, policies like this are probably going to be quite unpopular with the membership. There's already been uh, quite a few um a few conservative members pushing back against both of the candidates on this so i i don't imagine that they'll actually do it i mean liz trust she says she wants to make street harassment a criminal offense well i'll believe it when i see it darling i really will because i i I would love that by the way you know and i'm not saying that i don't think that these policies have a place because i do i think that making down blousing illegal great idea um cracking down on street harassment great idea absolutely would love that but I just don't believe that the Conservative Party is going to do it. And I think we all know why. This is a party um, 
that has had so many scandals involving sexual abuse, sexual harassment, um, like it, it, misogyny is, is, is a huge part of why these things happen. Um, and it's so deeply ingrained. Um, so I, I just, I don't see it. I just, I just don't see it. I, d I don't see it happening. Um, you know, I know that there are going to be some people that are going to say, oh, why do you need something like that? Oh, it's not that serious. Oh, you can't even talk to a woman now. Um, I mean, firstly, just from my perspective, like if someone approached me in the street, I probably wouldn't want to go out with them anyway because it's like, hmm, this is a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, then again, my parents met, um, you know, that way. My my. My dad approached my mum in a phone box. She was uh, ringing her mum, uh, my grandma, because her phone hadn't been installed where she lived yet. And my dad went up to her and was all like, huh, yeah, huh, do you want to go out with me? And for some reason she said yes. I don't know what that was about. I mean, I suppose I ought to be grateful for it because I exist because of that. But still, um, my grandparents also met um, <laughs> in the stupidest way. <laughs> It's so funny, but like so stupid. Basically, my grandma was wearing a hat and my granddad went up and I still don't understand this. Like he literally, <laughs> he just went up and he, he took her hat to try and start a conversation with her. And then she started throwing fruit at him. Like there was a fruit store and she just started throwing it at him and his friends. And like her friends were throwing it at his friends. Reader, they got married. I, I I don't even <laughs> honestly, but this I guess you know maybe that's how people used to meet, but like now, uh, uh as um as the wonderful Olive from League of Gentlemen said, you meet people through people, you know. I'm just saying, if you're just wandering up and approaching people on the streets, I have to question your motives. Like that's just how I feel. Like sorry, um. But on top of that, there is quite a difference between going up, asking somebody, you know, for a drink or whatever, um, asking if you want to go out. There's a difference between that and, like, literally yelling at people in the street. Like, what the fuck is that? Fucking yelling and screaming and whistling and mm-mm, mm-mm. It's the most humiliating shit. Like, everyone turns around and looks at you. Um, You just kind of feel like you want to die. Like, it's horrible. I fucking hate that shit. Like, straight up, it ruins my day. And I, in my head, I curse everybody that does it. So, it's gonna be a lot of people meeting a lot of misfortune because they decided to try and fuck with me. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, do I think that either of these candidates are gonna stick by these pledges if they're elected? No. Um, but I guess it's nice that we're having the conversation. It's all we can hope for with a conservative government really um it is it is what it is i hate it here um rishi also wanted to talk this week about his his northern credentials because rishi sunak has said he is the most northern chancellor we've ever had I don't think he knows where the North is. <laughs> I don't think he knows. 
<laughs> oh my god this is darlington and being in scotland all over again um so rishi uh rishi sunak was born in southampton which is in in the south um he went to university at oxford he's spent most of his career in london um the the only real tie he has to the north is that he was parachuted into a yorkshire seat by the conservative party in 2015 so you know he's 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 a yorkshire man now but he's only been a yorkshire man for a couple of years um and and how much of his time does he realistically spend there like really Show me, Rishi Sunak, come to my house and show me how thick you make your gravy. That's how you decide. Because my, my mum's family, they're from the north and they make thick gravy. And that's how, that's how you know they're from the north. That and the accents. Um, <laughs> um, so so I, I want to see how thick you make your gravy and then we'll decide. Um, but a lot of people also pointed out that Sajid Javid is literally from Rochdale in Lancashire, which is in the north. And he was Chancellor. So Rishi now thinks he's more Northern than an actual man from the North. He's like, yeah, you might have been born and bred and raised in the North, but bitch, I've been in Yorkshire for five minutes. I know my shit. I know what I'm about. (laughs) Oh, what a moron. What a moron. (laughs) so rishi thinks he's the most northern chancellor um okay girl all right (laughs) okay honey okay baby doll whatever you say whatever you say i feel like this man does not understand maps i feel like if you showed him a map he would look at you blankly and be like um i can't read suddenly i don't know Uh, (laughs) but he was not the only one he was not the only one having his backstory questioned again this week. Liz Truss. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so Liz Truss, um, as as you'll know, has been banging on about how she grew up uh, in a really rough area, apparently, and she had no opportunities. And that's why she became a Tory. Um, so people have questioned this. Um, including the people of, I'm sorry if I pronounced this wrong, uh, dear people of this place, but that's my brand, uh, Round Hay, Round Hay, we'll say Round Hay because that's how it looks, uh, which is a suburb in Leeds where Liz Truss grew up and which she has been basically wandering around, um, basically saying it's like a shithole that had no opportunities. She's out here talking like, you know, she was growing up in fucking Battle Royale or something. And (laughs) she's out here like, oh, it's basically, it was basically like the movie threads, like after the bomb drops and like no one, you know, nobody communicates anymore in English. They all just kind of grunt at each other and, and, and there's fallout everywhere and there's no jobs and we've kind of gone back, you know, through the timeline of industrial Britain and, and so there's no electricity and, and we're all just like fucking walking around with fucking horses and carts and, and, and nothing grows here because it's shit and, and it's awful. She, she's basically just been chatting a bunch of shit about these people and they have had it 
they've snapped. Uh, many local residents spoke to the independent. Um, they, they, they had it. They had a fucking laugh. Um, so Liz Trust described the area as a place with low expectations and a lack of opportunity. It's fucking rude. So a man named Kevin, he said she's talking out of her ass. There's so much money around here, it's embarrassing. It's clean, green, affluent. Most people would give their right arm to live in a place like this. Yeah, fair play. Uh, he said, I lived all over the world before I settled here six years ago, so I know a dive when I see one. I doubt she could say the same. <laughs> he snapped. He snapped. Um... See, this is this is the problem when you talk shit about somewhere that has a voice. I, I don't understand why she did this. I don't understand why she lied about something that could be so obviously debunked. Like, girl, did you think that, like, nobody from there was going to speak up and be like, heard you was chatting shit, Elizabeth? Like, girl, come on, honey. <laughs> So a Labour councillor, Zara Hussein, spoke to The Independent as well. She said her comments are blatant lies. It's shameful that she's attempted to use these as part of her campaign. Fair play. Fair fucking play. Um, the former MP for the area, uh, Timothy Kirkhope, said, I think she was suggesting she was the only person who went to any sort of university and all the others were poor inner city kids which was definitely not the case. Um, so basically, fuck around and find out, Liz. Fuck around and find out. Um, uh, a, a guy called Phil, who owns a, a business in the area, uh, a book a bookshop, I believe. Uh, he grew up in the area. He opened a business in the area. He opened his, his bookstore. Um He's very proud of where he comes from and, and good for him. Uh, he said she's trashing us all and the school especially for the sole reason of giving this false impression that she had that she has a common touch all for political gain. It's unedifying and insulting, but it's also damaging. People who don't know Round Hay will now have this very erroneous idea of what it's like and what could and that could impact on businesses here. She's risking people's livelihoods for her own self-interest yeah exactly a hundred fucking percent um she is causing damage to this community and she doesn't care it reminds me very much uh this is like related but not really um the the film hostel eli roth the like this this is a, a real fucking thing there were whole communities who who basically were either swarmed by curious tourists, um, just whole towns, you know, in Slovakia that basically had their lives taken over because of this movie. And, you know, they, they would either be swarmed by tourists who were, you know, wandering around, wanting, you know, being all curious and nosy and being like, oh, if I come here, will I get murdered? <laughs> or they would get people who would refuse to go there 
and refuse to, you know, be tourists in that area, basically, because they were terrified of being fucking, like, kidnapped and fucking murdered. And a lot of people will say, oh, it's just a movie. Oh, who cares? But I'm sure that those people care. Those people who just had their reputation murdered because everyone thinks they're all murderers now. Um, it's the same with kind of the, the cannibal exploitation genre. I'm sorry, I love horror movies. So this is like something I know a lot about. Cannibal exploitation films in kind of the 70s and 80s um, are a big part of the dehumanization of the native people of the Amazon. There is a reason why a number of, you know, like logging companies that are trying to, to get in and get the trees from the Amazon and they will justify hurting and in some cases even killing the indigenous people by saying, oh, they, well, they, they were cannibals, they were, they were hurting us and they, they were going to cannibalise us and all this. And people will just say, yeah, OK, then sounds fair even though it's complete nonsense and there is no proof of, of cannibalism happening. But they'll just be like, yeah, okay, because those people have been dehumanised. Um, Boris Johnson himself also contributed to that, by the way. Um, you know, one of his many, many disgusting moments. Um, but this is a, a great point from this man. This whole community has basically been trashed. Their reputation has been damaged also, that Liz Truss can say, oh, well, I had a really hard start in life and everyone was terrible, but I made it and I'm going to be prime minister. You're not. Do you know what? Even if you are, is it worth it? Is it worth fucking tearing apart the people that grew up with you? Is it worth it, Liz? Because I, I, I wouldn't say so. Um... I mean, Jesus. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. So there's been a lot of people basically making clear that she's chatting shit. Um, and of course she is. Of course she is. Someone else who's chatting shit, well, it's back to Rishi. Uh, so he's decided he wants to uh, attack the Equality Act. Um what the fuck? Uh, so he said that the Equality Act of 2010 is a Trojan horse of woke nonsense. Bitch, what the fuck? Tell me you haven't read it without telling me. Like, girl. <laughs> Bitch, what the fuck? Um, so he, he then went on to say that he will ensure sex means biological sex. It already does. Like, what, what are you talking about? It already does. Uh, he will protect mothers and women from erasure. It's, uh, it's a shame that you and your party is not protecting women from, uh, from the great amounts of misogyny and, and harassment and abuse of women uh, within the Conservative Party, isn't it, Rishi? Um, as well as shielding children from inappropriate material. Um, like what? 
because here's the thing i mean it's it's very obvious he's kind of hinting um and he goes on to talk about strengthening guidance on relationships and sex education his party that like literally they just did that the the guidance is only a few years old um and it is you know it's it's age appropriate what's being taught to kids is age appropriate um it's not damaging so what what is he talking about what what is his problem he says he wants to review the equality act um no i don't think i don't fucking think um he says a trojan horse that has allowed every kind of woke nonsense to permeate public life bitch shut the fuck up what does that mean me being able to like <laughs> live my life without somebody like you know with protections to make sure that i can't be called slurs like what's wrong with that like me being able to like get a job and not be fired for like being gay or being ethnic what's wrong with that like me being able to access housing without problem like what's wrong with that the, the equality act does so much good and for someone to be targeting like this is super desperate in my opinion like it's super desperate um and also if i were a member of the conservative party i'd be quite insulted because it's like he's basically saying that you know you basically are a discriminatory person <laughs> and you know whatever you think of the conservative party i'm sure that the majority of their members don't think like that so if i was a tory i'd be pretty pissed but whatever um i'm not and that's great um he said that government departments and schools should stick to definitions in law and biology and should not be promoting the idea that the law is old-fashioned and can be ignored who is doing that who is fucking doing that who is doing that show me some fucking examples rishi or shut the fuck up um he says that organizations like stonewall have been able to present contentious issues as fact to school children who are in some of the most vital development stages of their lives um and that was in regards to relationships and sex education um well i mean the only thing that's really being taught to these kids um and and this is something i will say i do feel that many people are not actually paying attention to what is happening in schools and i don't mean that in the sense that most people will say it of like oh there's all this scary stuff happening i mean that a lot of the stuff that that they are being convinced is in the schools is not in the schools like the the curriculums are accessible and if you reach out to um to the teachers and to the the school administration you will find that schools will be happy to speak to parents about any concerns they might have they'll be happy to go through what the kids will be learning the curriculum all of that it's accessible to parents right so this idea that there is this scary secret agenda grooming the children in the schools that's not happening what's happening is in line with the guidance that the government have approved of right 
it's it's just teaching you know at age appropriate steps as well you know nobody nobody is teaching fucking four-year-olds about like anal sex or scissoring or something like that's not happening that's not happening (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's not even happening like in like the standard sex ed you get in secondary school where they teach you about like heterosexual sex i don't think they're actually teaching them like the details of how like gays and lesbians have sex i don't think that's happening really um like there might be like some more enhanced like stuff about safe sex like you know um here are some extra things you might need to know but i don't think they're really going into detail in the same way that they do about heterosexual sex which is interesting um but you know it's age appropriate you know it's just you know when you talk about primary uh relationship and sex education which is not super detailed it's mainly just you know some people have just a mum and that's okay some people have a mum and a dad and that's okay some people um you know some people they have a mum and a mum or some people have two dads or some people don't have a mum and dad and they live with their grandparents um it's it's just about normalizing different family types to reduce bullying like i don't really see what's wrong with that like it's not that deep bro um but i guess people need things to panic about and rishi's like i got you boo let's let's do this um (laughs) not stonewall oh my god he really he was like i need you to you should give me all the outrage inducers that you have (laughs) i'm ready to go um he says that he wants to clarify that respect for the protected characteristic of religion or belief requires tolerance of differing political opinions religious or philosophical worldviews to stop no platforming okay um fine fine um but i would i would question uh where that ends for example um I've I've talked about this a little bit before, but there is a, a a church group that wanders around my town centre. They they tend to wander pretty close to our one and only gay bar quite a bit. I'll say that, um, handing out leaflets, uh, talking. You know, they've they've publicly talked about how gay people are going to hell. Um, they they've been caught doing conversion therapy, um. And they live in this town, I guess, and they have a right to talk their shit, I guess. But I live here too. And maybe I'd just like to be able to walk down the fucking street without people like that saying those things about someone like me. So where does this end? You know, if they are invited to speak at an event, fine. I I can say, okay, I'm not going to that. You know, it's I don't want to go and I don't want to hear them. But if someone else does, fine. But where does it stop? Because currently, it very much seems like they have the right to essentially harass people like me in the street. Because, 
these streets are both of our streets and it cannot be the the case that both of us you know have the right to to be there because me I'm just chilling I'm not saying anything to them I'm just trying to walk past but they're standing there talking about people like me in a really gross way why is it that that's why is it that it's a priority to this man who wants to be prime minister at a time when people are struggling in real life real shit is happening and his priority is making sure that homophobes can shout at people like me in the street this bitch is not serious this bitch is not serious (laughs) he is not a serious man he is a clown he is ridiculous but they're both clowns and that's the problem that we find ourselves in literally non-stop clowns non-stop clowns speaking of clowns it's back to rishi he wants to introduce a 10 pound fine for missed gp and hospital appointments clown clown let me tell you something right there are a number of people and every time this gets brought up the the problem with it is is also brought up and that is the fact that there are a number of people who sometimes you know, will be trying to get in touch to cancel an appointment, but they can't, you know, reach out to somebody, they can't get hold of somebody. Um, and so they're not able to get hold of someone in time for the appointment. There are also a number of people who will not receive appointment letters until after the appointment, because sometimes there can be, you know, mishaps in terms of admin and that happens. Um, there, There's also the fact that, you know, sometimes shit just happens, you know? Sometimes shit just fucking happens. Maybe, you know, your bus breaks down and so you can't make it there. And and have you ever tried getting through on the phone to a GP, Rishi Sunak? I doubt it. It's 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 not possible. It's just not. Um maybe your train doesn't run. These things happen. We don't all live in London, Rishi, all right? Sometimes public transport lets you fucking down and you can't get through to someone on the phone. Have you ever tried? Have you tried to get through to a GP? It's it's madness. Um, sometimes shit just fucking happens, you know? A, a £10 fine. Come on. And do you know what? Even if you even if you did something like this, do you really think that little ten pound fines here and there is going to fix the fucking NHS, Rishi Sunak? No, it won't. It fucking won't. And you know it won't. You know exactly what will fix it, but you're not willing to do it because you're a fucking dreadful, dreadful person. And you, oh, I'm so sick of this contest, and I think I'm sick of it because. Because this is this is what we've got. We've got completely unserious, ridiculous, terrible, dreadful people. I one of them to be prime minister? I don't think. I don't think. I would literally rather have Larry the cat as prime minister. And he's literally a cat. Like <laughs> I can't fucking believe this, man. I thought we had reached the bottom of the depths when Boris Johnson was elected Prime Minister, but no, it gets worse. That's the thing with the Conservative Party. No matter what, it can always get worse. They can always go lower. They can always lower the fucking bar. I am so tired.
I thought I was done recording this episode, um, but Nadine Doris has done a chaos, so I have to briefly talk about that. If you can hear my washing machine in the background, sorry. Because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm done, let me just do my laundry, I'll do some dinner. And, and then Nadine is just like, hey, I decided to be a mess. Come and look. Fuck's sake, this woman. Um, so... What on earth has she done now? Um, Christ on a bike, Nadine. So she has retweeted a post um, to her to her Twitter account. She has over one hundred and fifty-two thousand followers, by the way. Um, good lord, and it's still up as I am uh, as I am recording this the post is still up uh so it's a photoshopped image um of boris johnson and rishi sunak with rishi sunak preparing to stab boris um it the tweet is in response to something from harry cole who's a journalist with the Sun is the political editor of the Sun, he tweeted, any update on the chatty rat leak? What happened to that guy? Um, and then someone responded with the photoshopped image and said, he is running to become PM. His name is Rishi Sunak. So implying that Rishi is a rat um, and also implying that he's literally going to stab people. Um, and there are a lot of people upset by this for a number of reasons. And I think that's completely fair. Um, Let's have a look at what some people have said. Uh, somebody replied to Nadine and said, why on earth would anyone retweet this appalling picture, let alone an MP? Don't we have enough violence in this world? You should be sacked or resign immediately. Someone responded to them and said, taking into consideration that a Tory MP was stabbed in a horrific attack, for Nadine Doris to retweet this is abhorrent and very uncultured. True. Uh, the uncultured culture secretary. Don't you just love it? Um someone else said in current climate of knife crime and the fact that you have had two colleagues murdered by knives over recent years this is totally unacceptable it is highly offensive to all and shows utter disrespect to victims of knife crime yeah yeah uh completely inappropriate imagery from a serving mp remember joe cox and david amos utterly disgusted this should be taken down immediately um this is not her most recent thing so she's she's obviously accessed her account um as i'm recording this she's she's tweeted quite a lot of stuff since then um it's been up for quite a few hours uh she's retweeted some boris tweets uh she's posted a, an article um about how liz will deliver or something uh <laughs> She's uh, posted uh, a Liz Truss interview. Uh, she posted some stuff about the football. And yet she hasn't taken that post down. It's not hard to unretweet things, by the way. Like, literally, it can take, like, you can do it in a minute, less than a minute, 30 seconds, 10 seconds even. And she's left it up. And there are a number of people... Um, 
Even from within her own party, they were upset. Greg Hands, who's a Conservative MP, said that the retweet um, was distasteful and even verging on dangerous um, and has urged her to take it down. Simon Hoare, who's a Conservative MP, um, he quote tweeted um, somebody and he said, remembering with respect our fallen colleagues, David Amos and Joe Cox, the injured Stephen Timms, I will just leave it here. Um, and he's quote tweeted somebody questioning whether what Nadine Doris has allowed to be posted to her account would be permissible under the uh, online safety bill that Nadine is very, very proud of. Um, probably not. Um, Jesus Christ, Nadine, this is this is rough even for you. Um there are a number of people also calling on Liz Truss to condemn this because Nadine Doris has been one of Liz Truss's biggest supporters. If I were Liz Truss, I would condemn it. Obviously, this is not something that Liz Truss has personally done herself. And some, you know, you could argue it's not really fair that she has to, you know, talk about it because it's not what she's personally done. However, it's just the right thing to do. I don't think anyone's saying Liz Truss has to apologise for Nadine's wild fuck shit, but at the very least condemning it and saying this is unacceptable, this is wrong. I think that that should be, that should be happening now, if we can have it, because this has apparently been going on for a few hours now. Um, Jesus Christ, Nadine. Jesus fucking Christ. What is wrong with her? For real. The shit's fucked up. So gross. But we're in a landscape where she will probably remain culture secretary. She will. I can feel it. It's ridiculous. This, this is where we are. Um, just so gross, man. Just so gross. I can't wait until I never have to talk about Boris Johnson again, but alas, I still do because there are a number of people who are supporting the idea of Boris Johnson, the current caretaker prime minister, becoming the next secretary general of NATO. Yeah, him doing that. He can't even be asked to turn up to half the shit that he's responsible for as prime minister. And yet you... Really? Him? NATO? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Abso-fucking-lutely not. I don't think... Absolutely not. Just no. No. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my fucking god. Um so <laughs> in the meantime, Boris is apparently looking to hold on to power where he can. Um it was reported in the mirror that his allies are trying to find a safe Tory seat for the Prime Minister to make a potential comeback uh, in the future. 
because there are concerns that he may lose his seat in Uxbridge because they are sick of him and I understand them completely because so am I. Um, an anonymous source said to the Mirror, Boris thinks the Tory party has made a huge mistake getting rid of him and with time will come to regret it. It might sound deluded, but they think he can have another go at PM if he holds on. But sticking with Uxbridge would be risky, so they're looking at options. I beg of him to pick Dartford, all right? It's currently a safe Tory seat and Gareth Johnson is... Honestly, like, if you promise him something in the future, he'll probably do it because he's loyal as fuck to, to Boris for some reason. Um, I beg of you, pick Dartford. Because it would be so much fun to constantly, during that election campaign, when he's trying to, you know, scoop himself into that seat. Oh, my God. I would have such a good time. And we, we could do that together. We'll just head down there. I'll be like, hello, Boris Johnson. Hi. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of questions for you. First of all, how the fuck dare you, bitch? Uh, like, we would have such a great time, you and me, um, being the thorn in his side. So I beg that they pick Dartford. I I am I am campaigning for it right now. Let's fucking do it. I might even stand. I'll just be like, hello, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat Boris Johnson. How funny would that be? If he comes here thinking it's safe and then I just like knock it out and although that that would um that would be difficult because then I would have to be an MP. <laughs> and I, I don't really know imagine that oh yeah yeah i i got elected by mistake it was <laughs> it was a prank that went too far i i only went to like antagonize the former prime minister and now i've sort of accidentally become an mp i wow that would be so funny though <laughs> that would make a great movie <laughs> oh my god so he's looking for a safe seat he's looking for that um there was a an interview with Cleo Watson, who was a former aide at Downing Street, um, and she was talking about Boris Johnson and his behaviour, which again is reasons why he shouldn't have she he should not be anywhere near conversations about the next general secretary of NATO because Jesus fucking Christ. Um apparently Boris Johnson would often joke, I corona in the early days of COVID in between his daily press conferences. Um, what the fuck? Um, uh, she said that he did make a speech when she was leaving. Um, and he apparently gave a painful off-the-cuff speech to a bewildered clutch of advisors when she left um, because apparently he missed being able to speak in front of people. Right. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? What the actual... Ew. Um, that's cringe. Um, God. Uh, she talks about having to basically nanny Boris, jo Boris, Boris Johnson. Uh, she said, His strength returned, but the need for nannying remained. I remember a midsummer meeting at Chequers falling between lockdowns one and two when he called a group of political advisers together to think about what the autumn would bring. 
We made our way upstairs to be greeted by an, an appalling smell and what I took to be a small fig under the table. Oh dear, the PM said, looking at me expectantly. Oh my fucking God. Dylan's... Okay, I'm not going to say it in his words because it's gross, but he he was basically saying that his dog Dylan had gone to the toilet under under the table. And this fucking man baby is like, oh, hi, my dog has gone to the toilet. And I'm telling you, and I'm looking at you expectantly as if I expect you to do something about it even though he's my dog and it's my responsibility to train him and make sure he doesn't go to the toilet in this place. Um, and I failed to do that. Um, so she had to basically tell him to pick up after his own dog. What on earth? What on fucking earth, bitch? I'm... <laughs> So Boris Johnson is a man baby. We've been new, really. I mean, who's shocked? Who's surprised? Not me. Um, honestly, what a fucking disaster of a human being. And there are people really out here like, oh, let's make him Secretary General of NATO. No. No, that's insane. Honestly. Uh, so what has... Uh, disgraced former deputy chief whip chris pincher been up to uh well sky news decided to find out um so chris pincher just fucking awful dreadful disgusting um he was uh for some unknown reason given the the dignity of resigning after he sexually assaulted uh several people um and he's he's still an mp uh so sky news went to catch up with him and well it was awkward um so he was um approached by some sky news reporters who wanted to talk to him about what his thoughts were on the downfall of Boris Johnson and the leadership campaign that has followed. And then there was just, it was, it was like several minutes of, of silence and then just sort of the occasional, you know, moment where he would say, I don't, I don't want to. Thanks. No, I've got no comment to make. No, thank you. It was, it was weird as fuck. It was weird as fuck. Um, but he he just kind of stood there and just kept saying no no he didn't he didn't like walk away or leave he just stood there awkwardly being like yeah yeah no thanks no no thanks dan thanks dan it was so ugh, honestly um there were some people who were saying you know it was it was wrong of sky news to try and talk to him um but what i will say is this this is a guy that assaulted multiple people. He admits this. He's never really been made to be accountable. This is a man, he's, he's paid public money, as all MPs are. 
He's in a job of serious responsibility, as all MPs are. I think it's perfectly valid for the press to be asking them questions. I I really do. And I, I, I think some people are trying to act as if, oh, well, you know, he's very embarrassed about what happened. So just leave it. Yeah, just leave him alone. No. No. I'm sorry, I don't care if he's embarrassed. Let's think about what he did. Let's think about why he's in this position in the first place. Anyway. After seeing all the drama, I guess the Labour Party decided they'd like to be main character for a second. (laughs) So there have been rail strikes uh, this week. Um, There are a number of rail workers who are striking um over working conditions uh cuts to jobs and pay grant shaps the transport secretary and at one point a man who thought he could hang in the conservative leadership contest and then quickly found out that he fucking couldn't um he has said he will never hold talks with rail unions to end the rail strikes well they're not going to fucking go away grant so are you just are you saying that you're perfectly fine with these strikes to continue forever potentially because they will like the unions are being quite clear about this if you're not going to negotiate and you're not going to come together to try and put together a deal the strikes will continue so you're fine with that, yeah? What a fucking div, honestly. Um, but uh, somebody who, who wants to talk to unions, apparently. Um, somebody who's who's very interested in, in having a chat with unions. So interested, in fact, uh, that he went down to the picket lines to have a chat was Sam Tarry, who... Um, up until this week was the shadow uh one of the shadow ministers for transport not the shadow secretary of state for transport as he did uh state at one point um (laughs) that's that's a different person within the labor party um but he is the one of the shadow ministers um So he went down to a picket line and he spoke to the press and he expressed solidarity with workers. Now, there are a lot of people that had said that Keir Starmer had banned ministers and frontbenchers from appearing at the strikes. However, that had happened before and they hadn't lost their jobs, right? So then there's a big shock because Sam Tarry is fired as transport spokesman. And everyone's like, what? Oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm kidding. Nobody was really like that. It's the Labour Party. Like they they have drama all the time. It just kind of happens in the background. <laughs> um, so, you know, there was a couple of people within the Labour Party. that were like, oh, my God, I can't believe 
I can't believe that Keith would do this. They do that. Like, there's this thing in, in the Labour Party. There's, like, half of the Labour Party that refer to Keir Starmer as Keith for some reason. I don't know why, um, but they do. Um, and then there's the other half that like Keir Starmer who are like, no, it was the right decision. Sam Tarry deserved it. And I'm just, I'm just sat there like... God, not again. Not this. Not this. Look, the Tory party is falling apart. Can we just all focus on that? Can you not be messy for five fucking minutes? But it's Labour. They, it's what they do. Um, so, <laughs> Labour decides to be messy on Maine. Um, Keir Starmer uh, speaks to the media and he says that he fired Sam Tarry because Sam Tarry did an interview without permission and made up policy on the hoof or hoof however you however you choose to say that word um basically he was accusing Sam Tarry of booking the interview without telling anyone that he was going to do it and then just randomly just just going into business for himself and being like well we're going to do this and we're going to do this and I'm the shadow secretary of state for transport even though he isn't um you know he's 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 part of the shadow you know, team for the Department of Transport, but he's not quite the shadow Secretary of State. So, you know, there's a huge amount of problems there because it's like, well, Keir Starmer's issue is apparently that Sam Tarry, without permission, went, did an interview, misrepresented the Labour Party. Um, but what did he actually say? Well, he, uh, Sam Tarry said that workers should get pay rises in line with inflation, um, which sounds super reasonable. Uh, apparently, Labour's policy is that there should be fair rises through negotiation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think many of us would agree that a fair rise would be in line with inflation. So, some could say that maybe this was a much of a muchness, but I think maybe one of the bigger problems was that he went and he did this interview. He didn't tell anyone he was going to do it. He was just kind of like gone with the wind, you know, very that, just like out here on his own. Um, and so they were pissed. Um, so Sam Tarry gone from bench no more. Um, and people started losing it like for real so um a number of unions spoke out about it um Sharon Graham who's the leader of the Unite Union which is you know associated with the Labour Party said that Labour was becoming more and more irrelevant to ordinary working people um okay um diane abbott who's in the labor party and a long-term labor mp uh she was speaking to the bbc she said that unlike sam tarry shadow chancellor rachel reeves had not been sacked for making up policy on the hoof um and she was referring to an interview that rachel reeves gave in which she said that the party no longer backed renationalizing the railways um and then labor later qualified clarified that they actually did still back nationalising the railways. Um, 
And Diane Abbott said, everybody knows Sam Tarry wasn't sacked for interviews. He was sacked for going on a picket line. We are the Labour Party. The clue is in the name. We were set up by trade unions to penalise to penalise people, shadow ministers, for actually showing solidarity with the trade unions is wrong. Um, Andy Burnham went on GB News and said that the Labour Party needs to be careful it didn't come over as a party that undermines working people fighting to protect their incomes and the cost of living crisis. Um... Right. Right. I... I have to say this. It is peak Labour Party to end up in a situation where this entire rail strike has been made about them. Nobody is talking about the workers now. Nobody is talking about what they need and what they're asking for and their demands and the actions they're taking. Everyone's talking about a guy that, frankly, and I don't say this to be rude or mean to Sam Tarry, I really don't, but a guy that up until a week ago, most people didn't even know who he was outside of, like, really online Labour Party people on the left. Most most of the general public will not know who the fuck he is. Like, I'm just saying. And now this whole strike has become about internal Labour Party drama when there's a, a fucking cost of living crisis going on this strike was a, a serious action taken by the unions and by these staff who who wanted to raise up their voices. They wanted to actually get something done. And now it's just become about one guy from the Labour Party. That doesn't seem very solidarity to me, you guys. I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, and it, it got even more like that. Um, because, girl, 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 So... Like I said, there were some very online Labour Party people that were deeply upset about this. One of which was Owen Jones, who is like a journalist, commentator, person who writes things in all kinds of places and talks about things and I don't he does stuff all right he does stuff um and so he posted a, a video uh on twitter captioned you keir starmer are a liar a con man and a joke okay okay owen sweetie there are people that are literally struggling in their lives, baby. Like, okay. Uh, he then, hang on, let me let me 
try and play you this video if I can. Girl, there was one part of it that made me laugh though. <laughs> he started dragging people, talking about waitrose. <laughs> I have to admit that to make me cackle, but like, the whole thing was a bit like, girl, sweet, hun, my dude, my dude. <laughs> Here we go. Is a Keir Starmer is a professional political combat. Don't use those words lightly. <laughs> In order to become leader of the Labour Party... Hon, yes you do. Yes you do. Like, he's out here like, I don't use those words lightly. God, literally, boy, every day you're, on, you're online. You're chatting shit. You're saying this stuff. Don't come out here and be like, oh, I don't say this shit lightly. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, my boy. Yes, you do. Anyway, I'm going to stop interrupting. She lied. He made a series of solemn commitments... Pledges, he called them, which were <laughs> radical domestic policies and party unity. Now, he didn't just slightly break that mandate or mostly break the mandate. He has brazenly, overtly delivered the exact opposite of what he said he would be as Labour leader. Now, I know most of the media have let him get away with this because their view is lying your way into crushing the left and conning your way into crushing them. That's good politics. I know... Owen, sweetheart, have you considered that there are people literally choosing between food and energy for their homes? And maybe that's something the media wants to focus on more than crushing the left. Like, my dude. My dude. His army of supporters online. Army. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, mate. The most tedious, ridiculous Waitrose customers that you will ever come across. <laughs> okay, bitch, that was funny. That was that was funny. Okay, uh, that that was good. That was good. That was good. But like, girl, girl. They they think it's all fine because they don't believe in anything. They made their entire political identity Brexit and stopping Brexit for years, and now support someone who 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 advocates the hardest form. Brexit possible. Stockholm syndrome does not cover it for these people. But the Hun, you don't want to talk about Brexit. You don't want to go there, girl. <laughs> Baby, you don't want to do it. Don't do it. Fact is, that is the truth. He is a con man. He is not someone anyone can trust. He is somebody who lies as a matter of course in order to secure power. He's not fit to be leader of the Labour Party and he's not fit to be Prime Minister of the country. And I don't care how much that annoys the most tedious people on the internet because it's the truth. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I have never seen anybody more online than this man. I really haven't. Um, so Owen Jones took this really badly, as we can hear. Um, he then quote tweets that video and he says this he says if you see Keir Starmer out and about call him what he is a con man and a liar and film it enough of letting our politicians getting away with this grotesque level of dishonesty maybe don't 
maybe maybe don't do that i mean and and this is a guy with a million followers Owen has a million followers. I understand if you are um if you are upset about the direction that your party is taking. I understand. I get it. But Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ calling on people to follow this guy around shouting and screaming at him and filming themselves doing that jesus fucking christ my dude no let's not do that firstly because it's not gonna change anything like all it's gonna do is intimidate someone um make people feel unsafe that's not helpful. It's not changing anything. It's just gross behaviour. Secondly, a guy who has as much privilege as Owen Jones does, sitting there recording videos in his flat or whatever it is, posting them to his verified Twitter account, with a million followers, with the bio on that Twitter account, talking about how he's a Guardian columnist, he's an author, um, he's got a Patreon in the bio, and he's probably earning quite a bit through that. He's got a YouTube channel with over 100,000 subscribers, he's probably earning from that. He's earning money from his books, he's earning from his columns, he's earning money from TV appearances and radio appearances that he does. He's got a lot of revenue streams. So if he loses a bit of work because he starts running around following Keir Starmer and being weird and yelling at him or whatever, he's still going to be able to support himself he's still going to be able to um, look after himself and anyone he needs to because he's still going to be able to earn money. Most normal people aren't going to be able to do that. So why are you encouraging them into dangerous actions that could leave them in a position where they're super vulnerable and they can't support themselves, they can't support the people that they have, that they are responsible for? Um, you know, a normal person is going to lose their job they're going to potentially get into legal trouble for something like this. I just think it's really irresponsible to be encouraging your followers to do this. Um, even if you take away the aspect of it's fucking terrifying to tell your followers to go and, and fucking follow and intimidate people. That's horrible and terrifying on its own. But just from a, a perspective of his followers' welfare, you are in a very different position to them, Owen. You know, you are a, a privileged, um, you know, you can <laughs> walk around talking about your working class credentials, but you're out here working for The Guardian. You've got lots of, you know, followers and income streams that you have access to. You are living in a different world to most people. So if you do something kind of fucked up and I don't know, maybe, you know, God forbid you lose that job at The Guardian you've still got other ways to make money. You've still got other ways to keep that cash coming in. Most people don't have that. 
it's just irresponsible all round, really, for just a whole number of different reasons. And all this, because of the Sam Tarry thing. Like, babe, sweetheart, what the fuck? Um, I just... It doesn't have to be like this, Stalin. <laughs> it does not have to be like this. I get it. You are angry. You're upset about the direction of the party that you belong to. I get it. I get it. But Sam Terry himself, he also did, he did an interview uh, with Sky News and he said that he still backs the party because a Labour government of any stripe is better than a Tory one. Um, and I think the focus that we all need to have, you know, whether you're Labour, whether you're someone like me that's in another, you know, left-wing party that isn't the Labour party, um, you know, regardless, the focus needs to be getting the Tories out. And if, if we're going to you know, I, fine, you don't like Kiss Starmer, okay, I don't, I don't particularly care for him either, um, but I, following him around, yelling at him, putting up tantrum videos on the internet, who does this help? Does this help the people that are going to be plummeted into further poverty in the next few months because the UK government does not care about helping them? Does that help anybody? Does that help to get them to a government that that might actually give a shit? Because I, I don't feel that it does. Does it help, you know, vulnerable people that are looking at things as they are, looking at the two fucking leadership fucking contenders literally using their lives and their existence as fucking clickbait, political footballs, baiting people, like... Does yelling at Keir Starmer help those people? I don't think that it does. There are people that this winter are going to have to choose between food and heating. That's that's going to happen. That is going to happen. And I get it. Maybe you don't like Labour in its current form. But realistically, whatever you think, and as unhappy as they might make you, with the way that the UK political system fucking works, and, and you know, you can argue that that's fucked up. I think that it is. I don't think it should be a case where it is basically a two-party race. I think it's wrong. I think it's gross. I want something different, but we're not going to get that until we get rid of the current government. Maybe we'll have to push a bit more to get it out of Labour, but the focus now needs to be getting rid of the current government. And if you're not going to be on board with that, I don't know, man, like, shut the fuck up. This is bigger than factionalism and fighting. The fact that the the strikes this week have just been turned into Labour shouting at each other. 
is is ridiculous. These were workers fighting for a better deal, not just for themselves, but for people across the sector and also across workers in general, because I've seen a number of the striking workers who are talking about how there is change that is deserved for other sectors too. These are people trying to make a difference and everything has just been drowned out by the fucking Labour Party making themselves the centre of attention again because they literally can't help themselves. And I I just... And most of the people in this fight, most of the people arguing back and forth on, on Twitter, arguing back and forth through interviews in the press, they don't have any fucking problems. These are people that, you know, they don't have problems with food insecurity they don't have problems with energy insecurity they've got houses they don't need to worry about being evicted or chucked out they don't need to think about that they're not thinking about um if they're going to be able to afford their bus pass for work next month because the prices just went up and the wages haven't they're not having to think about whether they can afford their shopping because the price of everything has risen these most of the people having these fucking slap fights about the labor party they don't know what any of those things feel like. They'll talk about it when they want to, but most of the time they don't. And real shit is happening, guys. Real shit is fucking happening. So let's get our shit together. Let's stop being messy. And let's get this government out, for fuck's sake. I'm just tired, man. Just exponentially so. <laughs> Okay, besties, that's all for this week. But I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode for you. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this one. And if you did, maybe just give us a little rating or review. Because um, it really helps. And I will see you again next time. Love you. Bye. Like seriously, what?